You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To left center, deep, gone, Brewers lead it. And a swing and a miss, he struck him out. Down the line, and that's the ball game. We're back for Brewers Unfiltered. It is episode eight. We are rolling right along. And as we're sitting here, guys, it's Monday, May 1st. Sophia Menner, Adam McAlvey, Tim Dillard here for your weekly Brewers chat here on Brewers Unfiltered. Um, Adam, it's an off day. Adam's already shamed us by going to the gym. He's had a smoothie. Tim's got great hair going. I mean, we're <laughs> we're rolling into May like, like mid-season form right now. How are we doing, guys? Uh, we're good. I feel great. I'm yeah, I'm not a morning person, but I was today and it's awesome. And thank you guys for uh, doing this on the off day because I'll be on a plane tomorrow and it'd be hard to do on a plane. There'd just be a lot of background noise, but could be fun. And the person next to me would be snoring. It wouldn't be good. Um, well, we had a chance to catch up with Willie Adamas here on the homestand and Look, anytime you get to sit down and chat with Willie, uh, you know it's going to be a good conversation. He was really open with Tim and I when we got a chance to sit down with him. And and overall, on the field, this is the best start that Willie's gotten off to in his career. So not only do, do we just love Willie as a person, but he's doing great things on the field right now. He's hitting 240. The on-base percentage for him is 350. The walks um, are a career high for him. We talked about that last week, 18 walks for him uh, going into May. And he's got five homers as well. He's one of the top run producers here for the team. So overall, guys, what do you think of of Willie and the start to his season? I think he's been doing awesome. He's the only player that has started all 28 games this season. So just as a just from the standpoint of like a teammate aspect of it or looking at it from a coach's standpoint, this is the guy that. As soon as you pull the lineup card out, you grab the Sharpie, you write Adamas like that. That makes you feel good. Uh, and then the other, you know, you put your big rocks first, right? And then you got the the rest of them that fill in. So um, I think it's been great. He's reached base safely 26 of 28 games with that walk in the third inning uh, versus the Angels the other day. So, um, yeah, he's getting on base and, you know, people are driving him in and we can't forget about his defense either. His defense has been uh, stellar. Yeah. And because of the defense in part, he's just shy of one win above replacement and the fan graphs measure. And that is, I mean, if he keeps going at this rate, it, it would be the best season of his career. And Sophia, you mentioned on base that stands out to me so much because that was the one number like he hit 31 homers last year and played the good defense and had a good year, but the 298 on base, I think irked him a lot. And he wanted to get that number, obviously, over 300. And he's got it way over 300. 350 is a pace for a career high. Uh, The pace right now is the best walk rate and the lowest strikeout rate of his career. So it's a good combo. And he's still hitting a couple homers. So it's, it's a really solid start to Willie Adamas. I think he's done it quietly because we've talked so much about, like, the rookies, the freshmen, and... Uh, Rowdy's hit more homers. You know, there's been other guys who kind of had their moments and Willie, I think has done it just kind of slow and steady. And that's what you want. I, I agree. I feel like it's been a quietly very productive season. And I think for all the reasons you said, and also there are just, there've been a lot of moving pieces with this team over the f- first month. And I think honestly, 
to Tim's point, we take for granted that he is in the lineup every day. And we expect that kind of production from him. And I think that's unfair, to be honest. You know, I think when we talk about this, you know, like, obviously, he's not going to play 162 games. Um, He would certainly try if he could, uh, but Craig won't won't allow him to. But um, I just think we should not take for granted what it means to have that consistent presence in the lineup and his defense and what that does for Bryce Terang, right? Like, just, I think Willie, Willie's that guy in the middle uh, who keeps it all, all together. So here's our chat with Willie Adamas. Enjoy. You're going to learn a lot from him. Uh, enjoy Willie. Here you go. We've got a special guest here on Brewers Unfiltered and it's none other than fan favorite Willie Adamas. And Willie, first of all, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with us over the weekend. Um, and it's, it's been a good start to the season for you so far, but Kind of overall, like we've talked a lot about the vibe around this team, the energy around this team. You're, of course, so central to that. How do you describe it? What's it like in that clubhouse right now? And what's it like on the field for this team? Well, Sophie, you know, first of all, thank you guys for having me here. Uh, and it's it's so cool to be on a podcast live, you know, never been on a podcast like this. Uh, but no, yeah, it's been amazing this year. I think, uh, you know, I think... We are really, really close this year. And, you know, like last year we went like this. And I feel like we're doing a lot of a lot of stuff as a team, like, you know, hanging out together, like post games, celebrations, like it's 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 on a on a different level this year. Like even off the field, like, you know, we hung out a couple of times already and it's been like a month. So it, it's a good sign, I think. Uh that's how you are supposed to, you know, to be uh, you know, with a team. Like I think, you know, you're supposed to be together and like hang out. Not just like on the field, but you know, creating that like uh, connect connectivity, you know, like just that connection uh, as a you know as a group. And I think we've been doing a really good job this year, you know, on, on doing that. And I think that's why we, you know, had a really good start of the season. And you know, then we, you know, I think we we are continue to to work on that and trying to be better. And you know, just. Not not forcing it, no, just you know, letting it happen. But it's been cool, you know, it's been cool to see that and like, you know, to be part of that. I think if we can uh continue to do that and you know, I think we we're gonna we're gonna be really good. Kind of along those lines, Willie. So we've had actually some teammates that we share in common, uh, maybe a couple of guys on the Rays, a couple of guys here in this Brewers Clubhouse. And one thing that I've heard across the board is you're a good teammate, right? And that's one of the highest compliments that a player can get is being a good teammate. I tell my kids that I'm like, Hey, when you're going to the game, they got games right now. And I'm like, Hey, when you go to the game, be a good teammate. That's the first thing. Uh, What does that mean to you? Like what, what are the good characteristics of being a good teammate? How do you do that? Um, I think, um, I think that just come with the education that I got from my family, you know, like I, I just like everywhere I go, I just try to be, you know, me. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't fake it. I just, you know, try to be a good person, first of all. And then, you know, when you're in a clubhouse, you know, with 25 different guys, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, I feel like what I try to do is, you know, I try to connect with each one of them and, you know, try to be the best, you know, friend that I can be, you know, for every, every, every one of them. And I think, you know, that's been, I think I've been really like I've been really good at that and just being a friend to all my teammates and, you know, just try to be there for them whenever they need it. But 
I think, you know, like you say, that that's a really good compliment. Like I really, you know, I that I really worry about, you know, that. Like I I I want I want to like every everywhere I go, I wanna leave a mark, you know, like every every time I leave some place, I want people to think about me like that. You know, I want people to be like like damn, I really miss William Adams. Like he he was such a great guy, you know, whatever, whatever. But like, like I said before, like I'm not forcing it, you know, I'm just, that's just me. That's who, that's who I am. Will you bring up your parents and they're here with you. Um, they're here at every game. I know your parents are your biggest fans. When you think back to being a kid growing up outside of Santiago, what can you tell us about just how you got into baseball and how your parents helped you get here? You know, the, just that personal side of your family. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a small town uh, outside of Santiago in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, my dad, he has like five, five or six uh, brothers, and they all played baseball, including my uh, grandfather when he was alive. They all loved baseball. And, and they, you know, it was like a baseball family. So, like, I used to go to the games when I was a kid, and I used to love, you know, watching my dad and my, my family play, you know. So I used to go to every game and then, and I feel like that's where the love of the of baseball came into my life. And, you know, I started playing you know, on my league, my little league in, in, in my hometown since I was like five. My dad, you know, he used to bring me to the field every time. And I used to, you know, remember, I remember playing catch with him when I was a kid. And I said, you know, as, as I was growing up, you know, things were, you know, getting better and better. And like it, in my hometown, we never had a professional baseball player. So it was like, you know, it was just a dream. You know, I was just a, a kid. Like, my, my town is small. So like, it's like maybe right now it might be maybe like 12,000 uh, people, like the population. So it's really small. And and I was like, like I'm just going to play baseball, you know. And I was a kid, uh, you know, just with a dream. Uh, I used to watch a lot of, you know, baseball games. And I used to watch uh, Derek Jeter. And I was like, wow. Like, I want to be like him because he used to wear my favorite number, you know, number two. And he was my favorite, you know, my idol. So I was like, I want to be like him when I grow up. Like, you know, I had that drink. So um, after I was growing up, um, I left my my town when I was 14. I remember, you know, having a conversation with my dad. He was like, he, we, we were sitting down. He was like, like, if you leave this house, like, you can't just come back next year saying that. I don't want to do it. I don't, you know, I want to quit. Like, if you leave this house, you have to commit to it. Like, you have to go and try to achieve your dream. Like, go for it. Like, and then it was like, you, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Like, and then I left my house at 14 to go train. And, you know, like I was taking classes uh, on Saturdays because it was like, if you don't finish high school, you're not going to, you're not going to pro. So you have to finish high school and then go to uh, baseball. So I was taking classes on Saturdays and practicing from one, from Monday to Saturday every day. And and you know, then when I when I was 16, I got signed uh by the Tigers and I was like I thought like uh, I made it. I was like wow. <laughs> I got signed by a professional team like wow. So it was a, it was a big thing, you know, for for me and my family and for my, for my hometown too. Cause like, you know, they never had a professional baseball player. So I was the first. So like, it was really cool to, to, to do that. And, you know, 
seeing that and like seeing my family, my, my godfather, he was there too. He's like my second dad. So like, you know, watching them, uh, being so happy and like, you know, like I said, I thought like, I thought I made it, <laughs> you know? So it was, uh, it was really fun for me, you know, to, to see that and to see their faces and, you know, just uh, to achieve that. It's really cool. With all that support, you end up with the Milwaukee Brewers and you have a manager like Craig Council. And, and I never got a chance to play with Craig. We were teammates. I think maybe he was my boss at one point when I was in the organization. I'm not really sure. Uh, what, what is he so good at? Why is he such a good manager and he can relate to you guys in the clubhouse? I think because he played the game for so long. He understands, uh, you know, the game. He understands the players. He knows, like, when to talk to a guy, when not to talk to, to a guy, um, what things to say, what not to say I think he, he he just he just have that feeling you know of like being a baseball player and now being a manager he knows how to like handle things and I think like he's his you know his personality is such a you know he cares about everybody and, and and you can see that so it's like it's a person that you can go and talk to and be like you know you can tell like he gives you the vibe that you can go and talk to him about anything you know so like I think that's why he he's so good at you know managing and you know being around the guys because he the vibe that he gives to the boys is like just come and talk to me whenever you need me like like I'll be here for you you know and then when he has when he has to tell you something straight up he's gonna be straight up to you so I think that's that's one of the the, the things that I, I love about him the most that he you know he's gonna talk, talk to you straight up and he's gonna let you know if you like if you're doing it bad, if you're messing it up, he's gonna let you know. You know, so like I, I like that. You know, I like that um, honesty, and I think that you know that's what makes him so good. Willie, in in the off season, he made a pretty special visit to go to the Dominican Republic to spend time at the Brewers Academy, to spend time with you and with Freddie, and and meet with some of the players that are there. What did that mean to you for him to make that trip? And then for you to be able to share like your country, you know, your home with Craig and for him to see that side of your life. No, it was, it was a special. It was amazing. I mean, that's what I was just saying, you know, like he, he made that effort to go to the Dominican and like go to like to, to my place, to like the, 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 the field that I, I work out at. And I like just to see, you know, like, the things that we do in the off season. And I, and I think that that's, you know, that's how you grow uh, your relationship, you know, with, with your players, just to see, like, to try to understand more, like where you come from, like, what do you do? Like, you know, I think that's, that, that was amazing. And, and, and that's what I was saying that, you know, he's such, such a good, you know, he cares about the player. He's such a, a great manager and a person as well. So uh, I really love that. That he went there and he saw like what I was working out at, like where Freddie grew up at, and like all those things. And I, and I think that you know every manager should should do that if they have the opportunity to do it. What What did you most want to show him? Like, what was kind of most important to you for that visit? Uh just to show the way we work, the way we 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 do things. Uh, you know, to show him the field that we work out at. It's just just for him to see he brought his kids so I want his kid to see that too because you know it's just to see like the difference between the states and the Dominican like how like I don't want to say easy the guys have it here but like how different 
how different it is in the Dominican than here. So like I I wanted them to see that, especially his kid. I want his kid to to see that and and so he can appreciate what he have here and 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 things like that. You know, uh, obviously I wanted to take him to my hometown, but we didn't have time, so he can really see where I come from. Uh, that's what I wanted to show him the most. It was my hometown, but we didn't have time to to come uh, to my hometown. You know, but it was fun though. Willie, I probably have told you this before, but I definitely need to tell you this. I love watching you play. I love watching you play. You're at shortstop, and I'm like, he's about to do something. Um, you're at the plate. You're about to do something. You know, and and there's not that many players that have it on both sides. Honestly, you sit there and you'll watch uh, different players, and all of a sudden here they come, and they have the the defense and the offense. Uh, what I really enjoyed, I talked to you the other day, uh, was asking about that play in the 10th inning where you fielded it and you threw it to Brian Anderson at third. You've done that play three times in the last couple of years since the Manfred Ghost Runner. What is it about playing on defense where you're just like, I'm, you're communicating all the time? We see you talking all the time. Uh, how important is you to be the shortstop, the leader out there and kind of, you know, be the be the quarterback and tell guys what's about to happen and what we need to do? I feel like as a shortstop, you got to have that, you know, naturally. Uh, I feel like, you know, obviously you train for it. Like you prepare your mind for every play. Like you anticipate everything when you're playing shortstop because you have to, you know, you don't have a lot of time to think when, whenever you're making a play. So like you have to anticipate everything. And and I think for me, uh, something that helped me a lot was uh, when I was working out with Barry Larkin and back in like 18, 19 and 20, if like he mentioned anticipate every play a lot like he that's what's his his thing he was like you got to anticipate everything when you play shortstop you got to think about the play before it happens so like I always I'm always doing that and I'm always trying to communicate with the guys because I want everybody to be in the same page you know and I think uh, as a shortstop you got to have that mentality you had to you have to think about every play before it happens and and you have to be prepared for it you know so because if you think like if you try to do it without anticipating, you, I think I think you have a really good chance to mess it up, you know. So like you have to think about it before, and you have to let you know your teammates know what are you thinking. Like like you know you you, you got to let them know that um, what do you think. So you guys are in the same page, and I, that's that's the thing that I I love to do the most. You know, I want to communicate with my teammates so we can all be in the same page. Willie, just along those lines with your defense, I know a major goal for you is a gold glove. What would it mean to you to lock that up? Uh, it would mean a lot of hard work and, you know, a lot of uh, com commitment uh, on me being, you know, my best uh, shortstop. Because I, I know I really, I had a, a lot of, you know, criticisms, uh, criticisms. Uh, when I was growing like growing up as a baseball player, they were like, I don't know, he's gonna be a third baseman. Like his body, he don't he don't move his feet a lot. Like he can he can make a good throw. You know, it was a lot of people um, just you know trying to you know put me down on my defense. So I really had to work for it. Uh, it got to a point that I, I I was working so much on my defense that I, my my hitting came my hitting my offense was a little questionable so uh, so I you know it would be it would mean the word and you know it would really make me feel uh like good about my work and and the, you know the work I put in so it would be really special 
Willie, we're about to wrap up, but I told, I promised my seven-year-old, he wanted me to ask you a question. He wants to know what you do in your downtime, and he wants to know if you have a favorite video game. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a video game guy, but uh, I, when I used to play uh, in, in 2020, I, I had to buy a PS4 because of COVID. So we were, you know, I was playing a lot of MLB The Show with my friends <laughs> online. Uh, but, you know, all my downtime, I like to, you know, chill. I like to uh, spend time with my family and my friends and, you know, uh, spend some time just, like, appreciating, like, the the uh, earth, like, you know, like, going, like, here I go, I have a favorite, favorite spot. And I go and just sit, sit, sit uh, at this bench and watch, a, watch the lake, sunsets, things like that. You know, I'm, just, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty chill. You know, I don't like to do a lot of crazy stuff. I just, you know, I like to enjoy life and, you know, enjoy Mother Natural. That's awesome. Willie, will you come back on the podcast again? Of course. You know, Sophie, you know me, I like to chill with you guys. Well, thank you so much for the time. It's Willie Adamas, and you heard it here. He's going to come back. So thanks, Willie, for the time. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. It's always great to hear from Willie Adamas. And he did say he would come back on Brewers Unfiltered. So we'll look forward to part two with Willie. But Appreciate his time joining us uh, for a chat here. When we come back here on Brewers Unfiltered, Adam and Tim and I, we're going to talk about April overall and some of the highlights for the Brewers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Guys, as we're heading into May now, the Brewers are currently 18 and 10. Still trailing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, what a month of April the Pittsburgh Pirates has had, just as we all expected. The Pirates at the top of the division, the Cardinals at the bottom, <laughs> and the Brewers off to a great start. So just wrapped up a, a nice and long nine-game homestand, just wrapped up four consecutive series against American League opponents, and now as we're getting ready for the week, they're heading back to the National League and heading back west. It's going to be a three-game series with the Colorado Rockies and then the San Francisco Giants. So as we're looking back on April, guys, overall, it's been a very good month, I think. Um, hard to ask for better outcomes if you're following this team. Uh, but do you have a favorite moment or a favorite highlight from the month of April? Go for it, Adam. I'm afraid I'm going to take, I, I mean, I, I'm afraid I'm going to take the one that you guys have in mind. Is it Bryce Terang's grand slam on in the home Gummit. opener? I knew it. That's why I wanted to, to to hang back because I'll let you guys talk about why you like that moment so much. And I will go with my uh, plan B. If one of you said that <laughs> Corbin Burns pickoff in Seattle and he got kind of banged up on the play. So it wasn't like a fully happy moment, but it was, we talked, I think I said this on the last podcast, certain athletes, are able to see the field differently than idiots like me. And he Agreed. is one of those great <laughs> athletes. <laughs> he is one of those great athletes. And that was one of those moments that showed it because of the way he controlled that whole situation. 
That was a really cool, you know, we've been waiting to see the impact of the timer and which pitchers would be uh, deft enough, tricky enough to use it to their advantage. And that was a case where Corbin Burns did. And we've all been thinking about how it was going to impact the uh, pitcher batter matchup. And then in this case, he impacted a base runner at second. So, and a veteran player in uh, a Eugenio Suarez. So really cool. Just a cool moment for me. I like that one. I mean, we know Corbin Burns is legit on defense. He did the double play the other day against Otani right? Covering first. He's just an exceptional athlete, but yeah, I wrote down Bryce Terang and I love the Burns play, but the Bryce Terang moment that, I mean, it, the, the stadium was electric. I mean, it was, people were shaking and it's a big moment for the Brewers because you have these rookies. And a lot of times when you go with the season, okay, we're going to start this rookie. It's usually just one rookie. And yeah. here they are throwing two and three guys out there for the first time, for the, you know, getting their taste of the big leagues. And you don't know what's going to happen. And every one of them has risen to the occasion. And Bryce Terang in that moment, just solidifying. I, I think about all the minor league coaches. I think about, um, you know, all the guys that have put in their work and their time, you know, into this kid. Uh, that's what I think when I saw that moment. I was like, this is not just him, which is great, and his family. But it's just it, the entire organization behind these guys and i just for whatever reason i feel like the bryce terrain grand slam just kind of solidified uh and you kind of get that feeling of like wow you know we all pulled together and did this so for me it was just a big moment like looking at it as like an organization i totally agree i think that's an obvious one bryce terrain and i mean i'm i'm a sucker for a good story and emotional moments. I live for that stuff. And so for that to be his home debut, of course, like the reaction of his parents, you know, his mom losing his mind. Um, I mean, those are just moments you never forget. And so I think that's, that's an obvious one. Uh, the grand slam, the curtain call, the home opener, like, I mean, that's stuff you dream about as a kid. Right. And how often does that really happen that you get those moments? Um, I'm, I'm also going to say though, that the, with Corbin Burns on the mound the other day on, on Saturday, that double play that they got on Shohei Otani, I think Craig said after the game, that might happen to Otani like once a season uh, with just how athletic he is, how fast he is. I think he had like one of the fastest sprint times already this season. Um, and so, and it was a big spot. It was the first inning. I think it was two runners on and um, Corbin would go on to have a really good game. So I think that's just, again, moments you don't see very often. I'll just throw in too, like anytime Joey Weimer runs down a baseball um, yeah. in outfield, yeah. Yeah. I feel like is, is, has become must see TV of just watching Joey, uh, take over in center field for Garrett Mitchell. And anytime he runs down a ball, it's going to be entertaining. So well, Craig council too, with an early, another, uh, candidate for quote of the year. He yes. called that a, a brick wall running into a padded wall. Joey Weimer running down the one where he crashed into center field. So that kudos to council for giving us a good quote. Well, I think I mean, we're don't you point... feel like that should be a shirt. Sorry, Tim. I yeah, don't no, even like yeah. someone, someone please like who's more creative than us. Isn't that like a great visual of like Joey Weimer running into the wall and then like, you know, brick wall running into a padded wall. Who, who that's a shirt somewhere. Someone's going to make this happen. I mean, Tim, I was yeah, right. going to say, I mean, you're looking right at Tim. <laughs> no, I, mean, just got, I would put like the center field on the IL, like the center field walls on the IL today. <laughs> nice. didn't show up. 
Uh, we had to bring in a wooden fence. No, I think we're at the point now where you almost are hoping the baseball is hit somewhere around Joey Weimer. Like that's, you're watching the game. You're like, kind of hope they hit it to Joey Weimer just so you can see him navigate that outfield. Cause it is, it's just, you're right, Sophie. It's must see TV. It is, it's something special. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely locate, not today vibes. Um, I, I'd love to get locate's take on, on what we're seeing from. But so different, Joey right? Weimer. Like locate was, I would, I mean, look, I would put Locaine on the smooth side. Like Craig Council oh, was yeah. talking about that. Like the certain center fielders, the ones we love are the ones who like glide. Mm-hmm. And then there's Joey Weimer, who's just like a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, I don't know. I'd love to hear what the comp is for Joey Weimer's in terms of outfield play, in terms of center field play. If somebody has a good mm-hmm. comp, I'd love to hear it. Uh, someone actually said the other day, Vic Fuhrer heard an old, uh, a beat writer for, well, I shouldn't say old, a former beat writer for the Wisconsin state journal for years and years. Uh, he stopped by the press box yesterday. And he said, when he watches Weimer just play the outfield, he thinks of young Gorman Thomas, which is oh, a cool comp. Yeah. That's um, amazing. Because I guess Gorman used to run around and crash into the wall and do things. So um, I know the Brewers would like to see some of that power mm-hmm. and we haven't necessarily seen that yet from Weimer. But I thought that was kind of a fun comp. Uh, I once read in Sports Illustrated, they had a line about Gorman in like the early 80s or late 70s that uh, it was something like Gorman Thomas is the only player who looks like he chews glass. And for some reason that like made that. <laughs> I just thought that was a great line. <laughs> who He looks and plays like he chews glass. Well, I think we're going to have to run that Gorman Thomas comp by, by Bob Euchre. And yeah, see what you thinks, because I think he would give you a great, a great answer on that. I think you're right. Um, okay. Do we have a biggest surprise from the season's first month? I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. I, I would say um, it's, I don't want to name one guy. I think it's like sort of the, the middle relief core. I think Joel Piamps has been really important. We've talked about Bryce Wilson, how he's been kind of a Swiss army knife for Craig Council. I just think that that part of this club is so important because I was going through the April stats this morning. I mean, this is a pitching and defense team. Offensively, they are average at best in most categories and and, and kind of towards the bottom in some categories so far. Um, and the the middle relief, I think, has been really critical to the success they've had. So like, you know, Piamps comes into my head as a guy who has picked up just kind of innings everywhere and perform pretty well so those that that kind of group is my pick yeah i think that's the easy pick right like everything hinges at the back end of a game i was trying to be creative i know i that's what i wrote down i was like because you know we always say there's so many question marks you know you're used to seeing who was coming in the bullpen or out of the bullpen seventh eighth and ninth and now suddenly you know it's a little bit different but it's also the same they're getting it done they're getting it done in a little bit different ways and and there's new names bryce wilson coming in getting three inning saves um, I, I just think that everything hinges. You can play a great game and have a lead and the bullpen come. Believe me, I've screwed up many a games, <laughs> you know, so everything comes down to the wire in that way. And the bullpen has been phenomenal. And it's you to me. Yeah. Pyoms. I mean, he's one that definitely is in there, but there, there's like four or five guys down there. Strzelecki, Milner, they've all had their moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really cool to see how it shakes out each time because um, they keep coming up big. Yeah. And, and again, we, this was the group that had the biggest questions around it. Uh, when the 
when we started at spring training, even opening day, putting the roster together, there were a lot of unknowns, not a lot of familiarity with the group. And yet here we are through April and they've got the lowest bullpen earned run average across the national league. So um, that has definitely been a big reason of why they've been, been able to win as many series as they have. Um, I'm going to borrow mine from Matt Arnold because I asked him this yesterday when um, Adam and I and, and some of the other writers got to talk to him yesterday of kind of a month in review. And, and I asked him like, which kind of phase of the team has surprised you the most. And for him, he said the defense, um, they thought that it was going to be a strength, but it's maybe exceeded what they thought it was going to be. And it starts with the defense up the middle. I, it's pretty obvious. That's like, you know, the backbone of any team defensively. The catchers have been great. We've talked a lot about William Contreras, the work he's put in. Victor Caratini is just like steady Eddie veteran and also producing offensively with less playing time. Um, so I don't think we can count out Vic in that. Of course, Willie and Bryce Terang in the middle and then Garrett and Joey. Um, and like, you know, it's it's also come with a lot of injuries, right? They're down Tyrone Taylor. Now they're down Garrett. I don't think any of us expected Joey to be playing every day in center field this early in the season. And yet, you know, here we are, he's given the team terrific defense. So I just think that's been a real strength and for the run prevention unit. Um, and we've heard the pitchers talk a lot about how much that helps them on the mound and saving runs, like keeping pitch counts lower, right. Plays they're making uh, running game, all of it. Um, it's, it all kind of comes together for them. Yeah. And again, the context is uh, that it's happening with these rule changes. That's emphasizing teams that have that are rangy and play good D and control the running game is a really kind of little thing that is huge right now um, with the new rules. So the brewers are doing this at a very opportune time. Okay. Award season in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On May 1. Love it. On May 1. We love, uh, we love awards. We love milestones. So do you have an April MVP guys? Tim, let's start with you. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, I have to go in, in the, and I'll explain, but Brian Anderson for me, um, he's just, he's just been doing everything and I go versatility, uh, but he's, he's got the most hits on the team. He's tied first in extra base hits on the team. Uh, he's, you know, tied first in RBIs with Rowdy Telez. Um, but the, his ability to play third base, I, and I still think he could be the everyday third baseman and have a chance to do some special things over there. I think he's a well above average third baseman. But we're finding out how good of right fielder he is as well and how many uh, balls that he's tracked down, how many runners have not advanced uh, because of his arm. So to me, he is just just like with Joey Weimer. Uh, but he's doing, you know, some more on the offensive side, but he's also preventing runs on the defensive side. So you start looking at the entire package. For me, he's probably single-handedly won more games than maybe uh, anybody else in April. Well, I was going to say William Contreras because he's become this, like, excellent framer overnight. I was going to say maybe Peter Strzelecki because he's locked down the eighth inning, and that was a huge question mark coming in. Um but instead, I am going to go with the old mule, as Corbin Burns called him in a conversation, Wade Miley, because yeah. yeah, they've taken some hits with Ashby down, with Hauser down, with obviously Brandon Woodruff down is a big one. And again, I was going through some of the stats. The Brewers are third in baseball in 
innings per start, which I think is a surprising number maybe for a lot of people. And Wade Miley has just delivered great innings. He's made every turn. Um, he's, he's been a big part of keeping that group together because if that falls apart, so many other things fall apart because now you're crushing your pen. We've talked about how they don't have a lot of flexibility in terms of options to move guys in and out of that bullpen to get fresh arms in. It would be a big problem if they run into a stretch where they don't get any innings from their starters. And Wade Miley has been, I think, sneaky good at keeping that all together. So Wade Miley is my choice, which I had all along um, <laughs> as my April MVP. If we got Wade on the podcast, I think it would need to be like a special edition to our episode of Brewers Unfiltered because I agree he would be a phenomenal guest. And actually, I think we would just get out of the way and just let him talk and let him tell stories because Wade is such a beauty. And I agree. I think for him to have a sub two ERA through the first handful of starts, considering everything else happening around them and what he's done in the clubhouse too, of just, he connects with everybody. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants to be around him. And I think the pitchers get a lot from being around him, you know, just talking ball with him and. So I, I agree, but um, it would be our first musical guest as well. Yes. Do you think we could get him to play on the pod? He's got the, he's got an acoustic guitar in the locker next to him. Just for those who haven't visited the clubhouse. We're going to, this is going to be our new goal. Okay. Brewers unfiltered. <laughs> this is going to be a new goal for us. Tim, would um, you say you could sing with them? Maybe a little uh, duet, ooh. a little Nashville duet. Just because I live in Nashville doesn't mean I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that they have live music at like Olive Garden every night there. And that's what people think. But like, I have no musical talent. I think we've covered this. Maybe not. But I, for those still wondering, I have no musical talent. <laughs> for those All right. We'll let Wade go solo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I, I, I agree with both of those. I think Brian Anderson, I would also point out Brian Anderson, two positions, zero yeah. errors. Yeah. Like, that's kind of all you need to know about how good of defense he's played. Um, Wade, of course, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go bullpen and I'm going to go Peter Strzelecki. Um, He's already pitched in 14 games after 30 uh, in the second half of last year. He's only allowed one earned run and he's only allowed one walk. So I just think um, he's kind of been in that like middle relief role, Adam, like you said, but he's also, pitched in some huge innings. I mean, over the weekend, we saw him go top of the order against the angels. Um, and it was, you know, there was a, a throwing error and he worked out of a jam and that's just been kind of the Peter Strzelecki innings that we've seen so far in the first month. So that's going to be my pick. And then I think we're well represented. We've got a position player, a starter and a bullpen guy. So we're, we're getting all the, all the bases covered there. Um, all right. As we get ready for May here, is there one thing you guys are looking forward to or something you want to follow or just see, see what develops here with this team? I'm very excited for the Tampa trip because yes. the rays are like <laughs> unbelievable. And I'm curious. I thought to you see... were going to say DJ kitty. Well, that's what I was getting to is really, this is a long <laughs> way around of saying, I can't wait to see DJ kitty because it is the best mascot in professional sports. I was going to say it's all the in sync. It's going to be May memes that are going to be out there today and next few days uh but no really it's for me for may i'm really looking forward to star wars day star wars theme nights Ooh. i love them mm. we got the uke skywalker bobblehead coming uh very jealous i saw uh, levering and 
and uh, Bill Schroeder had one in the booth. I don't have mine yet. So anyway, just shouting it out. I know they listen to this. I need that. I need that bobble. That's a good one. That's very on brand for you, Tim. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to all of those things. I think I'm also just kind of curious to see what happens with the roster on the health front of you know, on this road trip specifically, um, Adrian Hauser is going to be activated. We'll get our first look at him and whatever role they decide, whether that's a six-man rotation, whether it's long relief. Um, I'm looking forward to Tyrone Taylor coming back and what that does for the outfield too. Luis Arias is getting closer. Um, there's just going to be a lot of moving pieces around this team, I think, coming up. And for as good as things are going, I think, to get pieces added back is always a good thing. So um, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on all of that. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to do some rapid rounds and you guys are going to be frantically searching for your stat of the week. So we'll be back on Brewers Unfiltered. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're back on Brewers Unfiltered. Going to wrap it up here with some rapid round questions. National League West road trip, Denver and San Francisco. Which city uh, do you like visiting more? Ooh, that's tough. That actually is tough. Those are two good visits. I'll say Denver because I'm actually going to Denver. I'm not going to be in uh, San Francisco this time. So I will say Denver and I will say Machete is my one of my go-to spots, taco place. Mm. And the owner is a Wisconsin, Wisconsinite, a cheesehead. And there's a couple locations. So visit whichever location works for you. It's very specific, Adam. <laughs> my, my, I'm looking forward to going to Denver. Gorgeous. Um, I've been there as a player. And I have actually, that one year when the AAA All-Star uh, time days didn't line up with the major leagues. I was in Colorado Springs with the AAA Brewers and actually um, got tickets to go see the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. So I actually went to Denver and watched a game with my family, which is very rare to watch baseball with my family. That might've been the first time. Um, so I've been there as a player. I've been there as a fan. So now I get to go and I get to be a broadcaster there. So anyway, I just thought that'd be kind of neat. I think that besides American Family Field, that may be the only place that I've done that. So kind of cool. I like it. I like that. Um, well, I'll just be the contrarian here and say San Francisco. I just like walking like the Embarcadero and I don't necessarily love the weather in San Francisco. It's just always sneaky, cold, windy, damp, uh, just all of the things, but that is all made better by Bill's coffee. And Adam, if you need yes. me to pick any, if you need me to pick any up for you, yeah. I will happily come back bearing gifts since you're okay. not joining us. Um, Adam and I love to make the short walk over to Phil's um, right by Oracle Park, and I'm in. Let me know. Yours is a uh, Sophia's order is a filtered soul mm -hmm. with cream but no sugar. Yep. 
Correct. Wow. Uh, Councils is uh, the Tesora. Tesora, yeah. And mine is the Tantalizing Turkish. Tim, have you been to Phil's? I, I think I did, but I was I had like 17 orders that I had to. Oh, yeah. It's tough. <laughs> I had to make sure I could complete. Uh, so I didn't really get to experience it in that way. I don't even know if I got a coffee there. I'm pretty sure I did. There's one in Chicago. Um, there's one in D.C. And then, of course, San Francisco has the the mothership. Well, yes. when you all go, let me know. Right. Like just group text it. Let's do it. All right. We'll be bringing that back for Adam. Um, the Milwaukee Film Fest is going on and, and wrapping up here pretty soon. The last great movie you watched. Well, I actually just watched Elvis finally, and I I hmm. was I'm not a fan of that genre of movie usually because I feel like once you've seen Ray, once you've seen what was it called Cat Cash, the Johnny Cash or no Walk the Line, Walk the Line, Walk the line. Um, uh, the Whitney Houston one, the Tina Turner one. I feel like you've seen the 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 storylines are so similar. It's but. The Elvis one was awesome. And it was so different because it was Boz Lerman and it was like completely not what I anticipated. And I loved it. Well, I need to see it now because I actually grew up about five minutes from where Elvis was born. So, yeah, I need to check that one out. But I saw with Dom Catronio uh, probably like two weeks ago, Air. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Air was awesome. You know, and they, it got compared to Jerry Maguire, which I wouldn't make that comparison. Dom brought up a great point. He goes, we know the end of this story, you know, as so what what makes it interesting? And what was interesting is just how much went into getting Jordan to Nike and all the things behind the scenes that you would never heard of. Uh, but there is the, the soundtrack is great. Of course, the acting is great. Um, really enjoyed what it looked like when they were putting the shoe together. They kind of go behind the scenes. They talk to the you know, the, the madman that could, you know, bring it all together. It's, it's really cool. Uh, do you need to see it in a theater? Maybe. Could you watch on your tiny phone and get it if, as well? Yes. That's, that's okay too. <laughs> um, I'm really behind on my movie watching guys. I'm sorry, but I will say the last movie I saw in theaters was the Whitney Houston movie. And I, I think we talked about this actually um, on one of the first podcasts, but I did love it. Um, I'm dying to see air. So that's probably like next on like movies. I most want to see, uh, whether it is in the theater or on my tiny phone. Um, because I read the book shoe dog by Phil Knight, and he talks a lot about the history of like bringing him on and the development of the shoe, the development of Nike overall, but like what getting Jordan to Nike meant, uh, was a big deal. So I really want to see that one. That's, that's next on my list. Well, and film um, festival, shout out to John Axford, because yes. I heard John Axford was in town. I didn't see him. Did he, did he come by the park and say hi to anybody? I don't think he came. He, wow. yeah, he, I heard he was in town as well. Uh, he always comes back for the film festival, still yep. a great patron of, uh, the Milwaukee film fest, but I don't think he came to a game. He was thinking too about busy film festing, too busy uh, watching the films, you know, yeah. I get it. It's really cool that he still supports that and, and puts resources into it and, you know, yeah, it's amazing. Milwaukee guy, you know, just from his time here, he's he'll be part of the community forever. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, Brewers are trailing the Pirates in the National League Central. Are the Pirates a real contender in the division? True or false? False for me. Sorry, Pirates. 
PNC Park is so awesome when the Pirates are good and the park is full on a Saturday night. It is one of the absolute best venues. And there's been times over the years where we've been there and there've been these great games and great crowds. And I hope that that's the case this summer. I just, I mean, when you kind of just look, look at the, it's awesome. McCutch, mm-hmm. Andrew McCutcheon is having a renaissance. Fantastic. It's all good. Um, it's good for baseball, but I just, if, like, I'm being honest. I, I'm not sure I see them winning the division. Right. I mean, I don't think I see them winning the division, but I think this is a really good team. I thought they were good last year. Maybe the record didn't reflect what they were doing, but the missing link was the pitching. So now you look at pitching and they have more quality starts than anyone in baseball. They have 18 and 28 games. That's pretty unheard of. And they swept the nationals the other day. I, I think they're good, honestly. And it because they didn't have the pitching, they could score runs. They did have, you know, dynamic people in the field. And of course, McCutcheon is going to just bring that extra element. Uh, but they they got a special thing going on. And there's a stat out there, which I didn't know existed, but it's called cheap wins. Have you heard this one? No. Cheap no. Wins. What is this? Yeah. I mean, I looked it up because I had to know uh, it's wins without a quality start. So if you don't have a good pitching staff, but you win a lot of games, you're getting apparently cheap wins. So to show the depth, I guess, of the Pirates and how good they are with their starting staff right now, they only have two cheap wins, which is tied for 27th in all the baseball. So like hmm. they're not just cheaply winning games. They're uh, falling back on their starters that are going out there, putting up quality starts every time out. One of the weirdest uh, you know, parts of the schedule this year is that we don't see the Pirates till the second half of June. Yeah. Um, they come to Milwaukee 16 to 18. Indiana Jones night. Tim. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's a day. I guess it's a day game. Yeah. I'll bring my yeah, fedora. That's very weird. And then uh two weeks later, the Brewers go to PNC right before July 4th weekend. Um, I'm I'm gonna say false as well. I do think it's a great story. And uh I just think the Drew Maggi story too with the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 33 years old. 1100 minor league games what it was 13 seasons in the minors finally gets his his shot and of course you know it's like the the reaction in the clubhouse when he gets the news that he's being called up and then over the weekend he gets his first hits and rbis and it's just i don't tim i feel like you more than anyone uh understand just like the magnitude of that moment for a player like that and just i, I mean no matter what happens with the rest of the pirates i think that's just a really cool story to start the well, that helps that helps good teams right we've seen the brewers do something similar to this call somebody up let them have a moment uh that see to that's why i said true when it comes to the pirates being good uh because yeah. now they're at a point they've signed brian reynolds and then here comes uh drew coming up and and making you know some magic out there everyone gets behind that that clubhouse loves it the management loves it there's no there's no losers in that situation just special moments and i've seen guys go through it uh, and it's not just him. It's everybody that uh, was along for the ride and, you know, got to see him in different cities and different teammates. Think about all the teammates he's had over his career that are probably, you know, done playing right there at home and they're watching this. And I bet so many people showed up there uh, for his debut. So props to the ticket department for <laughs> getting all those free passes. His college coach is fired up, too, as we know. You, can you guys name his college coach? 
Mr. Pat Murphy. Yes. And Mr. Pat Murphy has made a, uh, made it very clear that he was his college coach <laughs> and he's happy for the kid too. He had him at, uh, and it was the same kind of story. He was kind of a scrappy player. And I don't think he was super highly recruited, but he just kind of got the job done. So ASU guy. Um, okay. Last call stat of the week, fellas. Tim, you want me to go first? Yes, I always, please. I'm still looking. <laughs> well, like I said, I just kind of this morning dug through the through April stats just to like see what jumped out. And like I said, I, I think, you know, it's pitching and defense because runs per game, they're 14th OPS, they're 18th weighted runs created plus is this overall offensive stat that gives you a sense kind of apples to apples with the rest of the league, how they are producing the brews are 20th. So it's, it's a team that's driven by pitching and defense. The one offensive stat that I, that I liked, and I'll use it is 25.9%. That's the Brewers chase rate so far Brewers hitters. It's fifth best in baseball. And I think the theory of it is if you're not swinging at bad pitches, eventually success will find you. And I think they've tried to make a real point of not chasing. Um, now it hasn't necessarily paid off because they're, they're fifth worst in strikeout percentage. They have the fifth highest strikeout percentage so far. But I think the point is if you, if you don't chase, if you swing at good pitches, you eventually find success. And how many times have we seen the Brewers get hot with the weather? That happens all over baseball, but I feel like it really happens at American Family Field. So um, I, I think that is one offensive stat that bodes well for some improvement in some of the other stats. Okay, so mine's not going to be as long-winded or accurate. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to say first, and I'm going to go with Brewers catchers. Mm-hmm. Brewers catchers, I believe, are still first in average. I think they're still first in on-base percentage. And as far as I can tell, they're first when it comes to, you know, strikes gotten or whatever it is behind the plate. So, I mean, what do you want out of a staff, right? You want the best of, of what's what's out there. And so right now, the, the catchers, I believe, are first in, in hitting and defense. So anyway, I thought that was, as a pitcher, I'm going, that's pretty valuable. It doesn't always get the recognition. Maybe they're not hitting a gazillion home runs, uh, but they're getting on base and they're they're keeping guys off base. Um, my number is 10, and that is the spread between the Pittsburgh Pirates at the top of the division and the St. Louis Cardinals at the bottom of the division. Um, just as we all expected. <laughs> going, know, so weird. Just as we expected going into May. Um, and yeah, look, it's one month, but I do, I do think both of those things are are surprising. So the pit, the Pirates are 29. We just talked about them and their start. The Brewers are in second. They're just a game and a half behind Pittsburgh. And the Cardinals are 10 and 19, and they're 10 games back in the division. So obviously there is a ton of baseball left to be played. I'm not making any projections that this is what it's going to be first. Um, but I do think, like, I don't think anyone would have expected that outcome from the Cardinals, especially they've going into May, they've lost three games in a row. And they've uh, lost eight of their last 10. So my number is 10, just because I didn't think anyone would have expected that spread in the division. It's only the second time in Cardinals history that they have ended April double digits out of first place, which is incredible considering how far they go back. The only other time was 1907. (laughs) So it's it's an unfamiliar position for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right, guys. Well, that's all we've got for this week of Brewers Unfiltered. It was a, a good week for us. Great to chat with Willie Adamas. Thanks to him for joining us as a guest this week. Uh, we've all got travel days ahead of us as we're heading west to Denver and San Francisco. So be sure you're following along with everyone at Dim Tillard, at Adam McKelvey, at Sophia Minnert on all the social channels. And you can keep following the Brewers as well at Brewers. So thanks for tuning in and we'll chat with you next week when we return to Milwaukee.